You're listening to Metal and High Heels, the official podcast from the magazine about metal, lifestyle, and entertainment. Hello, everyone. It's good to have you back here on our Metal and High Heels podcast. I'm your co-host, Steffi, and together with the lovely Kiki, we're going to have a chat today with Hal from Ignea. Hello. Hi. Um, so I'm Hel, the vocalist of Ignea. It's a Ukrainian metal band. We play like mostly melodic metal with lots of different influences and subgenres of metal. And um, at this band, I'm responsible for singing, writing lyrics, and I'm also like a manager of this band. Yeah. Nice. So you have. Um many responsibilities in the band yeah <laughs> i'm in charge you know of putting it together so <laughs> can we start with your history a little bit of your background your personal background did you grow up in a very musical family did you go to i don't know music school tell us all about yourself and your history Uh, okay, I actually like none. Um, none of my family members um, has a musical education or sings or plays any instrument. And actually, like since I was a child, I always wanted to play the piano. And I was asking my parents like to get me to the musical school. But you know, like mm -hmm. there is always um, this how to say like people think that musicians are very complicated people that can go a wrong path and my parents didn't want me to become a musician so all in all oh, like wow. only when I was like 14 years old they agreed to to give me some like uh, musical lessons but they said that piano is a bit too much because like you know it's It's a big instrument and they were not sure if I was going to continue. So they said, okay, please choose between the guitar and the violin. And I was like, okay, what, what should I do with the violin? So let, let's give me a guitar. So all in all, I graduated from a music school at a classical guitar class. And, mm -hmm. um, and I actually, I was a guitarist for some time. I also played electric guitar, but the, at the same time, it, everything was like a hobby. And, uh, I was always like, since I was 16, I was also working and studying at the university. I actually studied, um, economics, uh, so nothing to do nice. with music. Yeah. And, um, All in all, like, I had problems with my wrists uh, just because of, you know, sitting in front of the laptop and all the things. So gradually, I just started singing more. And when we had, you know, some gatherings with friends, um, I used to play the guitar, but they always asked me to sing. So I just transitioned from a guitarist to a vocalist, so to say. Yeah. Nice, that's quite a background, and I think that's everything is, uh, um, how do I say this? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's all of, the, all of the experience and all of the knowledge that, that you've acquired um, are very useful to everything you do in the band right now, you know, because through your musical background, you're also able to, to create the music, um, further than the vocal lines probably and well, also think, with the with the economics you can use that in the management of the band right well it's uh, hard to say well fun fact is that is that like i graduated from music school but it was always very complicated for me to write music because i'm better at words and like i was always writing poems and you know articles since I was a child at the same mm -hmm. time so I, I didn't create anything musically for Ignea except for maybe some vocal parts but our keyboardist Evgeny he's actually a composer and he writes very complex music so we even have like some stuff with orchestra and he never had any musical education so <laughs> I guess nice. it's Yeah, everything is about talent, you know, and um, we just found each other and he's the founder of the band as well. So 
In our case, it's just a perfect combination because he's in charge of music and maybe some technical stuff, you know, equipment. And I'm in charge of lyrics and management and promotion because actually I also had some marketing and PR education like while I was at the university. So it all works, you know, as a whole. Cool. That's, I mean, of course, that's that's another thing about a band, right? That you complement each other with uh, what you know and also a lot of the the feeling for the music. I think music is, is luckily, <laughs> fortunately, more about uh, feeling it and being creative and not so much about how super technical you have to be. Well, it depends, you know, if you play technical death metal, I think you have to be technical. Sure. Yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. understand what you're talking about. And I also can say that it's also good when you have um, different talents and skills uh, within a band, because like if if there are five people in a band, they cannot be all of them cannot be in charge of promoting the band, you know, and uh, responsible for replying to commands or answering emails and I know also that it's quite hard sometimes for bands to write music together because like everyone has its own vision so you have to find this balance you know yes totally yeah what I meant was we might have something in common I also I um, studied musicology in university mm. and that was like very uh, theoretical historical analysis and all of that and uh, through that I I kind of got bored of that aspect of music and meanwhile I've also um, I also sing and and like I could never like write music or, or, or read sheet music and sing like right mm -hmm. away But um, I think like the feeling and the passion also accounts for a lot. I met a lot of people who were amazing at their instruments, but they couldn't um, they couldn't like improvise or yeah. play with that much feeling. So that makes things different. And of course, you have to find the ba the balance between both of those. But um, yeah, that's that's actually the only point I wanted to make. Yeah, because like in our band, there is also another person with even higher musical education. So we've got our guitarist is actually has bachelors in uh, piano and organ and he doesn't write music. I mean, he's he's very good and he even doesn't play piano at our band. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's how you lament each other. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when and how did you start the band? Uh, so Where did you meet? We all live like in one city and even in one like district of Kiev. And um, Evgeny started the band like back in 2011, but they, they had like a lot of lineup changes and then we met. And then I just, I even wasn't intended to sing in this band and I never had a band before. And he just asked me to put down some backing vocals for one of the songs that he had. Then I actually, I had um, to spend one year in Germany. Um, I was living there and working at a music festival, at a film festival. And when I came back, he just proposed me to join the band. And this is how it all started. And actually he was very... Mm, shy and insecure about his music I mean like he was never he never meant it to be serious and uh, he was afraid like to record it at, in a studio and I just you know convinced him that we should do it so we found some money and we went into the studio and we like started working with a very good sound producer from Ukraine from the very start and this is how it like worked out so we never thought it would become so serious you know okay so it just it was just like an idea an idea a hobby and yeah but but what was the point when it became serious i even didn't know. and yeah when you just founded a band and yeah let's mm. let's have name let's be a band <laughs> 
well, I don't know. It was everything was so natural, you know. And I actually I don't know when was the point when it became serious, but I can already say that it became serious just because like we have um, even though we're a DIY band and independent band, we still have quite a big following worldwide. We tour, um, we you know operate as a business, so we have money turnover and flow you know and actually like right now i'm at the point that i'm going to most likely i'm going to drop my day job and remain with the band only so i think that it's already kind of serious stuff you know but yeah definitely yeah but i cannot tell when when was the point like when we started to get serious and i also can say that when we um, released our first EP, we were like about 21 years old or something like that. And like, we didn't know anything about music industry and how it's, how it works. So I also remember that we were, you know, making promo kits, uh, physical promo kits and sending them to labels. And it was like, we just spent so much time and wasted so much time and costs on that. Because if someone told me it just doesn't work that way, I, would, I wouldn't I would do it, you know? So now, whenever a band is trying to get my advice, like, I'm all in. I'm just saying, come on, you're wasting your time. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, I wrote that you're still... Yeah, doing it on your own. You have no label. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Is that just because? Um, yeah, it was the first idea to get one, but then it just. Yeah, there was just nothing which fits, so you just do it well, on your own. Well, do you like um, maybe want or in the future someone? It's a it's a very hard question. Like we're getting back to this question every time that we're making a release and we're thinking of okay, maybe it would be good to get a label, but uh, we're at such a point that a small label won't do anything for us because like we already have uh, some following, we have distribution, we have like promotion, and we also have a booking agency uh, that arranges for us so it just doesn't make sense you know for us we will just give our money away and our income and also we will have some restrictions because label always means some restrictions you know and mm -hmm. um, so far uh, we didn't have any offer like from a major label and by major labels I mean like nuclear blast or napalm records so you you understand it but like we got some feedback uh, through our like um, through our booking agency, and I we know that they know about us, the big labels. The biggest response that we've got so far through many channels is that um, they are not ready to sign us because they don't know how to promote us. And it's a very oh, wow. strange question for like for me uh, because you know as a rule labels. They have to be looking for something different, but at the same time, if it's too different, they don't know, they don't have uh, a scheme of how to promote it. So it's like, it's, it's so strange for me. So, yeah. At the same time, we also have uh, like some fellow bands that got signed by major labels. And so far, I never heard from them that it's like, their dream come true or that they're feeling themselves great right now. So it's always okay. They gave us some promotion, but like we have some problems and it's always like that. So I don't think that it's a rule for everyone, but so far what I heard like from the backstage of being signed, it's not always like pink glasses. So Sometimes, of course, artists are bad at, at reading their contracts with labels or, I don't know, or they don't know how to promote themselves without a label. So, I don't know. I just think that label is not for everyone and that 
I, I cannot say that we will never get signed or agree to be signed because if the offer is mutually beneficial, why not? But like mm-hmm. right now, especially like with all this pandemic stuff, we are so glad that we didn't get signed for this for this record. You cannot even imagine. I don't know, but like right now, it's the best thing that happened. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Why do you feel that way? Uh, just because like um, we had a really massive support from our fans for this record. And actually, like we started Patreon uh, about uh, one year and a half ago. And this album was fully financed by our fans. So we just uh, we just uh, put all our um, income from Patreon into the recording of this album and also making some music videos. They also supported us with a lot of pre-orders, like of all merch and CDs and vinyls and all the things. And uh, mm-hmm. we are um, we are totally free at what we want to communicate with our album. There are no restrictions on our socials or on anything that we would like to release. And also, I think that labels are also working better under normal circumstances i mean when you can tour properly and uh you know when there is no pandemic happening so right now people are more supporting independent artists that don't have like this background with labels like and also even if people support labels uh, i mean artists that are signed when they buy their music and merch they have to understand that part of this money goes to the labels not directly to artists so but like again like what i want to say is that everything works differently for every band because i also know bands that have no marketing background for example or they don't know how to uh, set up uh, even you know how to get your music to itunes and we know it that's why we can mm-hmm. do it. but at the same time we are working with a booking agency and i can and i'm all also working at this agency right now and i can say that we tried to start touring for two years on our own and it just doesn't work because no almost um no promoters want to work with a band directly so okay yeah well that's strange why <laughs> so they just want to work with a label or with yeah. whom <laughs> so with a booking agency so i mean you have to have an agent that will make some guarantees of you as an artist okay. I mean, no promoters want to work with an artist that won't show up at the show or maybe i don't know so there are many many different things and also like now I understand how setting up a tour works and it's also quite uh, frequently it's made uh, around festival dates. So, I mean, it's it's worthy to have a booking agent. So if I'm not sure about labels, I am sure about booking agents unless you have like direct contacts with promoters in different countries, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, an interesting insight into the music business. <laughs> well, it, it's what we experienced, you know. We were hitting the the wall with touring for a very long time. And that's why, again, right now when someone asks me, I just say, please get an agent. And that's it. And also it's hmm. to have an agent with a good um, history and good... Um, roster of artists because we also had a negative experience actually with one agency that no longer exists so we just signed up with them because like we were inexperienced so for one year just simply nothing happened so we were paying quite a low fee but still we were paying every month to them and just we had no shows happening so um, it's very important to see with whom you're signing, you know, maybe get some feedback from the artists on this a- agency. And I guess the same goes with the label. So if uh, you see an offer from a label, maybe it's worth to contact uh, bands 
that are already working with this label. All right. So, um, you already mentioned uh, your Patreon um, page. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, in preparation for this podcast, um, yeah, I just looked it up and thought, oh, holy shit, that seems to be lots of work <laughs> to keep that page running. So, um, yeah, how is that for you? Is it very important for, yeah, for your income to keep the band running? And, or is it also just like, um, yeah, possibilities to release some, um, creative content for you? Well, again, it didn't start as I was intending it to be. I mean, I started it as my personal Patreon where I wanted to share some my poems or maybe some song covers just, you know, to have a place outside of Ignea where I can share my work, um, maybe some exclusive stuff. But already, mm -hmm. like after one month, I was just sitting and I thought that it would be cool to make it like 50-50, you know, like 50% of my work and 50% of Ignea work. And back at the time, we really had, we really struggled with finding some funds for uh, recording the new album. And I thought, okay, mm -hmm. why don't we just make, you know, some kind of crowdfunding, but not through the campaigns like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, mostly because like we're living in Ukraine and these platforms are not available for us. So we need to have someone in the European Union or in the US or somewhere else who have access to it. So, I mean, it's already a problem. And uh, I don't know, we just started and gradually, just because our fans are supportive, they started signing up. And uh, I also had kind of a goal that if I reach 50 patrons, I would post every week. And I hit that goal very quickly. And all in all, like so far, it's been running for one year and a half. And um, I also didn't think that it would, um, it would last so long because I was sure that once we release this album, uh, many people will leave uh, Patreon. But actually, even more people signed up. And uh, right now, like as said, I think that uh, with this number of patrons and with all our plans, we can just, I can just drop my day job. I think that it's going to happen in quite the nearest time if everything is going to be okay. But, you know, it's very hard to, to go on a full-time creator mode. It's really scary because hmm. you don't know, it's not stable. You don't know what's going to happen. So I also remember that I was leaving like the office job two years ago and I was, um, I was going on, as a freelancer. I, I couldn't do it for half a year. I was just like, okay, I do it. I do it. No, not today, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe the same thing, but... Um, I think that I just have to do it. So I have to try. And uh, I'm really serious about Patreon. So, I mean, right now I have a plan for the whole summer uh, about what I'm going to post. And we're also going to, like with, uh, with the keyboardist Evgeny, we're going to visit our friends that have a home studio. And I'm about to record a lot of uh, songs and song covers and a lot of other stuff for Patreon for the whole summer. So, I mean, I really take it seriously. And uh, we'll see how it's going to be. Yeah, it's nice. a huge step to, yeah, be a full-time artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially hard to and um, into all the relatives, you know, family. So my parents, they... I also, like, when I was um, studying at the university, I actually dropped it um, on the last year. So uh, it was very hard for them to understand that I would be without higher education. And, uh, like, all the steps that I've taken so far, the, the reaction is always the same. They are very scared that I would lose, like, income, that I would lose my job and everything. But... All in all, like it's worked out for me. So I hope that it's going to work out here too. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a very um, thought out strategy. So I work in marketing myself. So I think it, the, the whole having a plan of uh, what, you're ha- what you're going to post for the whole summer, that's like a huge step and a lot of work that will surely pay off. Yeah, I hope so. And actually, I must say that it's not only about like money, because we really have a very tight relationship with our fans. I mean, we know who they are. Uh, we know their families, their dogs and cats. We uh-huh. like them. We also have like a chat. So, I mean, they are more than simply patrons. They really like friends and uh You know, we also, whenever we're traveling, we just set up meetings, not only with patrons, but just like with uh, whoever wants to show up. So I don't know, last time we were in Denmark for, for New Year, just like tourists. And we had like simply beers at a pub with, I don't know, a lot of people. And some of them are patrons, some of them are not. So I mean... We don't have this gap between artist and fan, so to say. I even don't like to call them fans. Most of the time I call them listeners, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all supporters. Yeah, all supporters, yeah. That's nice. Kiki, I'm pretty sure you can describe our listeners a little bit more about that page, Patreon. Maybe not everybody knows it. <laughs> do you would like to do that? Oh, yeah, we've talked about it a few times uh, here on the podcast. But if you haven't uh, listened to all of all of little, if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, I can for sure uh, make a little explanation uh, before I do that. Now that I was talking about past episodes, and I think I, we mentioned Patreon when we talked about Marcela Bobbio, so it might be on the. Um, band special stream of passion band special episode and so uh, for anybody out there who hasn't listened to those episodes and would want to um, metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast and then you can scroll down all of the episodes that we've done before we are on number 70 right now so the show notes for this episode will be at metal-n-highheels.com slash podcast 70 yeah and going to talk about patreon so um yeah as hell was saying uh, the different ways of fans directly supporting artists are crowdfunding which is normally for uh you do a crowdfunding campaign for a specific uh release it might be a movie it might be uh Uh, an album it might be uh, well it's like a specific product uh, there are there have been many video games that have been crowdfunded as well but patreon extends the crowdfunding process so to speak in in the way that uh, fans listeners supporters can um support the the artist financially for a longer period of time so it's be- it becomes a kind of a sub- subscription, so to speak. So you pay a certain amount of money uh, every month and the artist receives most of that. And for that, the artist can give you special perks like um, exclusive song releases or what do you do, Hell, What are the perks on your Patreon? Well, we actually just uh, transferred to a new subscription system and uh, we've got actually like plans from $2 per month to $50 per month. And depending on that, we've got different benefits for patrons. So even if you subscribe at $2, you just uh, have access to everything that we do on Patreon. We also give some discounts to our merch store. Um, We send some physical gifts gifts like signed posters or maybe some memorabilia from Ignea. Also like with the new album we opened uh, the pre-order to our new merch and new album earlier than for the rest of the world so the patrons were able Mm -hmm. you know to grab the t-shirts of the sizes that they want and see like the artwork and everything. We do live streams. Um, I also do like 
the higher uh, tiers, they also have some more personal approach. So uh, I even have like some Skype calls or I can do, I can cover a song by request or I can make a video mm -hmm. meeting. So it's kind of a very flexible system and it also works differently for everyone. And also it can be a long-term support, but also sometimes people just ask us, how can I support you by making a donation? And it can be also mm -hmm. a one-time donation. So we also are thinking, for example, we are now uh, trying to put down all the tabs to our songs together. I mean, guitar tabs, like all the musical parts. And we want to make them available like at the lowest subscription level in August, some like somewhere in August. And also with this new album, we have um, a book of short tales that I wrote And like you can get it as a printed version in our store, but you can also get it like as an ebook and audiobook at a very small price if you subscribe to Patreon. So it's like a lot of benefits, and you can choose how you want to support the band based on like based on the list of benefits and your ability to support. Nice. Those are some really cool uh, things that you can get. Um, yeah, so we will link your Patreon page on our show notes. Thank you. And um, much success with that for you. <laughs> Actually, I You're was just you know, surprised to see that with all this pandemic, there are so many established artists launching their Patreon pages. I don't know if you noticed, but like a lot of them... Also, if you take a female-fronted bands, it's also the vocalist of Dylan, uh, the vocalist of Arch Enemy. So, I mean, a lot of them are kicking off Patreon right now. Mm. Yeah, yes. just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want to use that free time <laughs> while the pandemic. Yeah. I just think that it's not going to you know, go away. I think that they will continue doing that because it's a really a great platform. Mm, yeah. I um, I support now Charlotte Vessels and yeah, it was... Yeah, it's a different relationship if you are a Patreon and um, yeah, all the messengers, it's way more personal and um, I just support her in the moment maybe i will start to do some others to support um but yeah i i think it's also very good for fans so if you have a band which you like or also the the person if there's a yeah a musician where you think of the oh this person seems so nice and i don't know i i just like that um charisma or something mm -hmm. then it's also very yeah it feels very good to get that somehow personal access to that person and of course it's a yeah perfect win-win situation yeah absolutely yeah totally you were just talking about uh the album can we go over to that subject yeah yeah so it's your second full-length album and it's called the realms of fire and death Yeah, exactly. So um, this is a um, concept album, obviously about fire and death. <laughs> and um, we, like Ignea means flaming or burning or fiery. So I also have like a very close relationship to fire. I also did some fire show for some time. So I love candles and sitting oh, wow. Fire, so like fire is everything to me, and um, and yeah, we just had uh, some songs that Evgeny was writing, and uh, gradually, I don't know how, but I got to this concept of fire and death, and uh, this album it um, it's uh, divided into three parts, and each part consists of three songs and. Like every part has kind of a short story that is somehow related to fire and death. So mm -hmm. they are different stories, but all of them are going under one concept. And actually, as I was planning, you know, this concept, it felt so understandable. But as I'm giving out interviews, 
it's so hard to explain it actually. So like from the marketing perspective and promotion, it's very hard to explain it. In any case, like um, it's not only music, it's also about storytelling. And there is also a set, there is a book of very short stories that can get you a deeper perspective into this album. And just you can just read about what's happening <laughs> there. Interesting. What else can you tell us about the lyrics, for example? Well, um, I can tell that um, there are songs in English, in Ukrainian and in Faroese language. And um, this is the first time we actually made a song in our native language, Ukrainian. And it was really strange, you know, because all our songs are in English. But like for that particular song, it just felt very very natural and uh, for example when i when i was writing these lyrics evgeny asked me to make some you know to sound it archaic so i use very authentic ukrainian words um, that sometimes people they don't uh, use them anymore so it sounds even more authentic because of, because of that um It's this song is called Chorne Polumia, but actually you can uh, you can listen to the English version of this song. It's like a bonus track, so you can understand everything <laughs> about this song. And uh, we also have um, a song cover of uh, an artist Ivor. She's like um, folk pop artist from Faroese Islands, and uh, I sang her song, which is in Faroese there. Yeah, I was so um, surprised as I saw that. I just uh, listened to the album and someone I didn't watch on the playlist or on the set list. And, um, and I know that song. Wow, that's strange. What is that? And then, ah, it's Ivor. Okay, funny. Uh, I was surprised that uh, she is, well, maybe not popular, but that you as metal band cover her songs. It was, uh, yeah, very positive surprise for me personally. Well, it's actually the second time that we're doing a cover and um, for the first time it was also an electronic band, a Nordic electronic band from Norway, I guess. Uh, they are called Ultra Sheriff, but they are no longer active. And this song, is it was called Leviathan and it's actually also one of our most popular songs on Spotify, I believe, because it's like, I don't know, very intense and people like when we're playing it live, it's always the last song for us to play and everyone is headbanging and doing windmills. So, and um, yeah, what I can say is that we've got kind of a rule in our band that we don't make covers of metal bands just because it's not okay. that interesting, you know, because it's very hard to bring something new to metal if you're also playing metal so it's just not that interesting so that's why i was just listening to Ivor, and i love her very much um and um i was just listening to this song and i thought okay it's it's definitely a nordic song but it also has like this middle eastern vibe like in the melody. I, I don't know how to explain it. And I thought, okay, it would be cool to cover it. And Evgeny was sitting in the same room and he actually just said it. So, okay, let's cover this song. And we, we actually approached uh, the management of Ivor because we needed to have the license to cover this song and they just responded, just do it. And that's it. So. Oh, wow. That's so nice of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we never had a response from them uh on the cover itself i mean we sent them the cover later on but it was very nice of them like considering her level it was very nice of them to respond very quickly and give their permission because it's really important you cannot do just you know mm. release a cover just because sure. you want <laughs> yeah sure also about copyright yeah, yeah. um and yeah you Uh, used two, uh, three different languages on that album. And do you have any favorite language to use in vocals? Is it English, English in fact, or just because it's uh, common somehow? 
Well, I guess that like we're using English just because um, we feel that English goes well with metal, you know. So maybe yes. if we played, if we played maybe black metal, then we could use like any any language because like in growls and extreme vocals, you don't always hear what's happening. And for us and for our, we, we have like you know quite a modern approach to metal and. English sounds good with this music, but um, but as I said, like Ukrainian uh, went very well with uh, with this song, and I can say that as a vocalist, I was surprised to see that it was easier to sing uh, in Ukrainian, but not because it's my native language, but because in our language the vowels are very open, you know, so we don't have the sound like uh like in the word purchase you know so when you're singing it's harder to do this uh than to sing ah with a very open ah that's why it really my voice really sounds differently on this song that's that's for sure and i'm i'm very glad uh, to see and surprised to see that the response was very good to this song and lots of our fans they asked um, to do some more music in Ukrainian. So I don't know how how it's going to happen in the future, but if we feel that the language suits to the particular song, then of course we will do it. Yeah, okay. So cool. I have another question about the album. Mm -hmm. You released it on April 17th. Mm -hmm. That's about four weeks into the worldwide quarantine. How did it feel to release an album that you've been working on for so long while big bands are postponing releases and others are just going through with it? What was the, the decision-making like? And how did it feel to, you know, like put something out into the world that you should be normally celebrating and out there with everybody and you, well, released it from home? <laughs> well, you know, it's also a question of being signed to the label because normally it's not the big bands that postpone their releases, it's the labels. And I can totally mm -hmm. understand them because for a label, it means losses. So... Mm -hmm. That's why I don't blame them because it's their economic um, economic mechanism. It's all, all right. Uh, but again, we were very uh, happy that we could make the decision on our own. And the thing is, like, we opened uh, the pre-order on February 27th to everyone. Like, And that's why within one week, we already had so many pre-orders that we couldn't roll back the release of the album it would it would be just unfair towards everyone and uh, especially to the patrons who have been supporting us for one year long and waiting for this release to come and it also it also was um, postponed a bit because of some because our sound producer was busy with other recordings then we were waiting for the answer of the labels i mean they already waited too much And we felt that would, it would be very unfair to postpone the release. And also, um, like, we only suffer because of one thing, because we cannot tour. And actually, uh, we were about to tour in July in Europe. We were, we were about to go on a very massive tour with quite... Um, Quite a famous band. I cannot disclose their name because eventually this tour didn't happen. Uh, and I hope that it will be just postponed uh, to the next summer. But it's like this is the hardest part that you cannot go on tour. Otherwise, mm -hmm. for us as as an independent band, I don't think that pandemic changed a lot. You know, so it's hard. It's hard to promote uh, the album just because. When people are dying, it's hard to, you know, to have the attention of people. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people were sitting at home and they were isolating and they had some, they needed some content to consume. Yes. 
because like you're sitting all the time and uh, that's why um, I don't think like it did I don't think that we got less listeners or less attention to the album but right now my biggest concern is that we already released this album we released a music video there is another music video coming up this month and then I just mm -hmm. don't know what to do because normally we would go on tour but we're not mm -hmm. going on tour and that's why it's just very not normal for a band and it's too early to release new music but you have to keep the attention of people <laughs> so it's a very yeah. strange situation and no one can advise anything so um right now we have a couple of shows booked for December. For example, we're going to be in Finland in December. And also mm -hmm. there is one big tour that is going hopefully to happen in November. But it all depends on how the pandemic is going to, to work out. And it depends on the restrictions and if the borders will be open because we're also we're going to tour with bands from the US and Canada. So if uh, European Union doesn't open its borders to non-European countries, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a difficult uh, situation for the whole world and more so for um, musicians and for everybody working in the live music industry. Yeah. But uh, have you maybe, maybe thought about what some bands are doing already? Um, live streaming concerts that are also paid, you know, paid what you want or with fixed uh, prices? So I would say it this way, like, um, again, it's not about money. It's more about promoting your album and performing sure. alongside other bands. So for us, touring is more about getting new audience and when you're doing a live stream and especially a paid live stream like you're only going to have your fans on that like watching this live stream we are thinking of doing it um i guess free of charge because like again a lot of people are already supporting us and i know it's hard times for a lot of people but we just need to We need to update our equipment a little bit to make it, you know, in high quality. And mm -hmm. also, uh, and also, we were not playing for a couple of months. We didn't see each other. So, I mean, we just need to to bring our performance back on track. That's why, like, what we're thinking about is that we're going to maybe make a live session, but I mean a recorded live session where we can set up everything properly and have some, at least some mixing, you know, done. So, uh, and also like we're thinking of doing about four songs where two songs are going to be released publicly and two songs for Patreon only. So everyone will get something, you know, from us. And hopefully, hopefully that by autumn we will, we will know about touring whether it's going to happen or not and if it's not going to happen then i guess we will have to release something new or at least record something new or maybe make new music videos i don't know hard to say <laughs> oh uh because you said you mentioned the music videos i watched few of them and i thought about everything whoa that's creative and um yeah that one is uh, a few i think yeah more than one are with animated uh totally animated or um just uh, parts of it mm -hmm. and uh who who made that <laughs> it's great so we actually have a gem in here in ukraine um a girl from another city who is an animator and director and artist so she's like pure talent and we were very happy to find her a couple of years ago so she also made our animated lyric videos that are fully animated and she also created all the artwork for this album so all like the cover art t-shirts like merch and uh, we also have she, she's done a lot of work 
to you know to create visuals so the book of tales is also illustrated by her and everything is very you know in one style and this is the first time that we're doing it and it feels very good so i'm just happy every time i visit our website because i don't see any you know colors that are not fitting to each other so everything is very balanced so yeah i'm we were working with her for quite a long time. She created our animated videos. She created the last uh, two videos that like official music videos that have both like normal shooting and animation. And also we're going to have one more video coming out uh, this month. It will it was also directed by her, but it would it will be you know, a more classical metal video without animation. At least I hope so, because, you know, she's a very creative person and normally we don't see anything from her until the work is finished. And it's, uh, requ it requires a very high level of trust between ourselves because sometimes, you know, we shoot something and then we don't hear from her for half a year. And that's it. So we don't see any uh, work in progress. We don't see any screenshots, like nothing. And mm -hmm. then she just gives it away and we never make any changes because like she just oh, feels, wow. yeah, yeah. She just feels our music. And at the same time, she always surprises us. Like we never can predict what she's going to, <laughs> to make there. And I think it's, it's really cool. And I'm very glad to work with her and actually I don't know like she's also working together with her boyfriend who's more into setting up the cameras you know and the angle of the cameras and she's the creative mind and like they are the perfect mm, the perfect team for us to work on visuals and I just right now I just don't know with whom else we would like to work and maybe the biggest challenge for us is to have them uh, free to do, like to have free time for them. And it's the same goes with our sound producer, Max Morton. We were working with him since our first release. And I just, I even, we even didn't have any thoughts of changing him just because we, we are working very productively with him. That's so cool. It's really yeah. important to have that kind of, uh, to be surrounded <laughs> or to surround yourself with that kind of uh, creative people that understand you so well and so that collaborations can happen that organically. That sounds really amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm very glad for that. Yeah. And while you talked about um, that production process, I watched one of your videos, Queen Dice, and I wonder, uh, but you need somehow a concept before all that animated stuff so do you have maybe um yeah brainstorming before doing it or do you just tell her what's the idea and you shoot your um yeah personal so yeah <laughs> it, to film the the band or we just had how does it work our concept was only that there is a queen and um something about twins and killing twins so i even don't remember but the concept was more was a more simple concept. And then we said everything to her and she she wrote a more uh, complicated script. And uh, the, the entire shooting was done only using the black background. So we didn't know anything that, it's go that was going to happen there. And uh, when we asked her, okay, what is going to happen with the animation and in what style, she said, well, I have it in my head, but I don't know anyone doing similar stuff, so I don't have any references for you. So it was, again, pure thought, because we didn't know. <laughs> again. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow, that's fascinating. And that's great. With the latest video, Disenchantment, it was kind of a similar, similar strategy, because, well... This time we already had the story because it was a concept album and there was a story of these gods of fire who were disenchanted in the mankind. So 
it was a bit easier, but at the same time, we also didn't know what style she's going to use for the visuals and what animation she's going to use. So it's always a surprise for us. <laughs> Great. Okay, um, we have also re um, prepared a little game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little round of rapid fire. Exactly. Okay, without thinking, you answer, right? So the first one is um, performing live or in the studio? Uh, live. Right. <laughs> Doing a cover or a completely new song? Completely new song. Cool. A concert or a festival? Festival. Keyboard Ooh. or guitar? Uh, guitar or guitar? Because ah, I... Guitar. <laughs> no, keyboard or guitar? Guitar. Okay. Guitar or drums? Drums. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spotify or a CD? Uh, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, performing together or alone? Whoa. Together, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, coloring your hair or getting a new tattoo? Oh my God, that's a very hard one for me. Uh, <laughs> totally. I guess, I guess tattoo. <laughs> tattoo? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm up. Um, symphonic or mellow death? Mellow Death. A book right. or a movie? Um, movie. Poe or Lovecraft? Uh, Poe. Uh, po. Ivor or Sella Darling? Sorry? Sorry? Ivor or Sella Darling? You covered both. Um, <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ivor. <laughs> oh, okay. I would just sell it, darling. <laughs> okay, yeah, thank you. <laughs> And I think through that question, we can keep on talking another hour. <laughs> yeah, you've okay. just um, come across two diehard seller, darling fans. <laughs> I know, but I can say that I'm a diehard fan of Seller Darling's last album. I don't know how many times I listened to it. It's like... I don't know. For me, it's a masterpiece and I love it a lot. But with Ivor, it's more about atmosphere and um, I can listen to all of their songs. You know, that's why Ivor. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, Darling still is a young band, so... Oh, well, yeah. like, for me, they are very established and they also have, like... If in our case, we're not professional musicians, so to say, in their case, they are. So I cannot say that they are a young band. Yeah, okay. And I thought about the content because they did, I think, two albums right now till today. Well, I thought yeah. about that way. Yeah, maybe. But it's also it also depends on how big these albums are. Um, so there are some bands, you know, who made five albums, but only two of them were, you know, popular enough, so to say. So in, in their case, it's like, I don't know. They didn't start from the very bottom, you know, from the very underground. They didn't start from that. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was uh, very surprised uh, when they started that, yeah, at first it felt for me like a, more like a project than a band, but um, yeah, I was very surprised how professional everything was made and uh, all the PR stuff, uh, photos and so on, concepts. You know, it's, it's, a, was very... it's quite an advantage of, of formally being in a big band because they are like uh they were the members of elevate and they just it's very important to know how it works and to have proper connections and that's why when they started seller darling they already knew what to do and they already had like yeah. all these connections which is also important because sometimes you can get uh, to a festival just because you were performing there with another band of yours that's why for the bands 
who already were members of former bands, they just have another but another past. They don't they don't have this way from all the bottom to the top. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the middle, you know. Yeah, true. We have um uh, yeah, very quite popular <laughs> uh, Spotify question. Mm-hmm. And you choose Spotify instead of a CD. And we asked many, many musicians musicians so far um, what they prefer mm-hmm. or how they uh, see if music business is changing through all that streaming services and if music maybe somehow loses its value. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I guess that I'm like going against a lot of musicians in that question because I see so many people complaining about Spotify and other streaming services, like musicians complaining about that. But in our case, it was everything was very different because uh, for some reason, our music gets chosen by a lot of editorial playlists all the time. And we have a lot of new listeners coming through Spotify. And actually, of all the streaming platforms, for us, Spotify brings us the highest level of income. And uh, I don't know, like, so far, we have the best experience with Spotify. Also, I can say that you just have to adapt to to the changes and I'm also I'm a digital person although I love vinyls and I collect vinyls but you know it's another thing like CDs and vinyls are very different and uh, at the same time I can say that for us we still have a lot of uh, CDs selling out so maybe it would be a higher number of CDs if we were playing you know 20 years ago But right now we just have a combination, a good combination of two income sources, both from digital and physical sales. So maybe, again, it's a bit different for labels and for bands signed to labels, because in that case you have to give some part of income to Spotify or another streaming platform, then some part of income to the label, maybe some part of the income to the distribution partners. I mean... It's a lot of splitting costs. But in our case, it's like absolutely different. And it's also the case for many other independent bands, mm-hmm. if they know what to do. That is so wise. <laughs> well, it's like, it's only, you know, experience. I don't know. Yeah. Just because we're, we're doing everything on our own and we really hit a lot of walls and but we're trying all the time we're doing our research we're asking other bands so we're not sitting here you know and just dreaming about becoming rock stars it's really more about strategy but mm-hmm. i would say that we could we could do it a lot faster i mean the growth of our band but we really didn't have anyone to advise us so yeah. that was the problem for us a couple of years ago. Yeah, so that's even more of a... Uh, it's more valuable knowledge, you know, because you know from experience. Yeah. So yeah. That is very cool. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate all of the insight that you've given us. <laughs> I'm happy to do it because, again, I don't want to waste the years of other bands. <laughs> they can make it to the top faster or at least like to to the points where they will feel themselves good because i also actually um on my on our patreon i did a podcast about music industry one time mm-hmm. and uh i was also like um speaking on the fact that Growing uh, and becoming a big band also has a lot of disadvantages because you have another level of responsibility. You have a lot more things to do because right now, for example, for some time we were dreaming about uh, playing at large festivals, you know. But when you reach these festivals, you understand that you have to have a proper level of preparation for that you need to have another size of your backdrop you need to have some stage props you need to have you know a wireless mic just because if the stage is big 
then your wire can be not enough for that and you cannot go to the audience. <laughs> so, I mean, there are so many things. And at the same time, what's also really interesting is that, for example, a band is growing and they're headlining and everything is good, but there is always a, a band that is bigger and you are growing and you're getting used to the to some conditions like a proper sound check or maybe your tech crew or maybe a bigger backstage but then you as a big band you have to become a support band or an opening act for even bigger bands and i just um like from my uh, experience and from talking to other bands that are bigger than us it's kind of complicated as well so you always need to uh to remember that at any any point you will have um you will have not that good conditions and you have to be able to perform at your best at any conditions given Yes, that is so true. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I have not yet had the fortune <laughs> to see Ignea live, but I look forward to it. I have uh, been listening to your music for a few months, maybe. <laughs> um, but yes, I was very happy when it first started showing up in Spotify for me and uh, when I just like, uh, yeah, slowly <laughs> discovered it, so to speak. So I think you've done a very good work with all of the managing and promoting your band. And before we send you back into your evening, is there mm -hmm. anything else you would want to say? Anything you want to promote? Um, Oh, I don't know. I want to say uh, to everyone to keep yourself safe during this time because now it's the most important thing. And actually what I've been thinking over the past time is that a lot of people, like there are, you know, the restrictions are easing in a lot of countries and people yeah. are starting to get to their freedom and they forget about wearing masks or, you know, having sanitizers or being keeping yourself more isolated and you have to understand that if we have more people getting infected right now we will have the second wave and if you like going to shows please keep yourself isolated because we are going to have the second wave unless you unless you i don't know comply to all the restrictions That's what I wanted yeah. to say, because we are all wanting to get back to our normal lives and especially musicians. And we want to see all the mosh pits and to participate in them and have yeah. been each other very soon. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Very yeah, wise last words. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, hopefully it will be over soon. All that pandemic I hope so. situation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hel, for for your time and for everything that you have shared with us here tonight. Um, and to the listeners, also thank you so much for for listening and for being here. And uh, we will see you next time. Exactly. So yeah, Hel, thank you. Thank you. Uh, was a very interesting chat with you. No, And yeah, fun. maybe we will see someone at a concert or festival. Yeah, that would be really cool. I hope that, yeah. like, we always have Germany on the list, so. Perfect. <laughs> I will watch it out. <laughs> Again, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.